So uh, as we open the scriptures together, uh, let me give, give you a caveat. This sermon is not the sermon that I originally wrote for this week. It's not even the second sermon that I originally wrote for this week. So um, I had a sermon planned for this week, and I wrote it, and I was feeling pretty good because I was done with it on Thursday, and I thought, wow, this is great. I'm rarely done on Thursday, and, but Thursday evening, I just had this unsettled feeling, and when a sermon's ready to preach, it's kind of hard to describe for me, but uh, there, I have this sense of rest. Like the sermon's ready and I'm at rest now with the Lord. Um, but I, I did not have that sense of rest. And so I, I thought maybe God was saying that's not the right sermon for this Sunday. So um, that's not ha- that has happened to me before. It's not a new experience. And so um, Friday I, I came in and I was praying and I was asking God, okay, if that one wasn't the right one, what is the right one? And I really didn't feel moved in either direction. But I didn't think the congregation would appreciate it if I got up and said, God didn't give me a sermon this week, so we're all going to go home early. Um, although may- maybe you would, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, so I just I, I kind of moved in a direction and picked something and, and put something together quickly on Friday. Um, wasn't my best work, but I thought at least it'll do in a pinch because I'm not really hearing anything else and the sermon I'd written wasn't right. Um, and then Saturday, my, my, my family was out. We were doing things. And, and when I got home Saturday night, I, I felt very clearly that the sermon I had written Friday wasn't the right one either. And so I was like, okay, Lord, you know, this is Saturday night. It usually takes me about 20 hours to do a sermon. Um, so uh, I, I, we got the kids to bed, and I came here and worked uh, late into the night just writing and thinking and praying, and, and I felt like that God was speaking and giving me direction. And what I want to talk about uh, is this idea of hearing God today. I think this is what God has for us this morning. The question is, does God still speak today? Sometimes we live in kind of paradoxes in our Christian faith. So we will say we believe in a personal God, a relational God, a loving, caring, intimate Father. That's who God is. But I don't know if God speaks to me or if I've ever heard him speak. And there's a tension in that. How can God be personal and relational and intimate and loving, and yet we don't know if he speaks to us? Or we believe that God can heal, but I don't know if I should pray for healing because I'm not sure if God heals. Right? And so we live in this tension of we believe that all things are possible with God, but sometimes we live as though they're not. And there's a conflict in our hearts and in our faith sometimes between what we say and what we do. And I think that's true around this topic of hearing God. Does God still speak? Do we still hear him? The question is, is it possible for you to hear from God? Is it possible for you to have a conversational relationship with your heavenly father that's the question for the morning and as we get into that um i I, we're going to look at a bunch of different scriptures they'll all be up here on the screen uh you can jump around in your bibles if you want but they'll all be up on the screen uh the the question the first question is does this even still happen does god even still speak today and let me give you a few reasons why some people say no god doesn't speak anymore one reason that people say, no, God no longer speaks is they say, the, we have the Bible, and the Bible is sufficient, and the Bible is closed, and so God doesn't speak anymore because we have the Bible, and it's sufficient, and it has everything that we need, and I agree. The Bible is sufficient. 
new scriptures are not being added to the Bible. It's closed. The Bible is sufficient. It contains everything we need. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't speak, right? Uh, I have a little uh, shoebox in my office full of notes and cards that Corinne wrote me while we were dating in college. And I could go back, and I do sometimes, and pull out those notes and cards, and uh, they conv- they're enough to convince me that she loves me. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't say, I love you anymore. Well, I don't need to tell you I love you. I wrote you all those notes in college. Go to your shoebox and read them, right? <laughs> of course not. Is the Bible sufficient? Absolutely. Is the Bible lacking in any way? No, it's not. Does the Bible have everything we need? Yes, it does. And God still says, I love you. He still does, right? So some people say God doesn't speak because the Bible's sufficient. Some people say God doesn't speak because God would, would not speak to me. Like, I guess it's possible that God could speak to some really amazing person, but who am I that God would speak to me? And if you've ever felt that way, you're in good company because even King David felt that way. Look at Psalm 8, verse 3. David said, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? David says, I'm looking out, I'm seeing all the stars, I'm seeing the moon, the the, the sun, I'm seeing the beautiful creation and all of the expanse of the universe, and I know that you created it and you sustain it, and who am I that you would take time out of all of that to be present with me? But God does. He did with David and he does with us. Who are you? You are his child. You are created in his image. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, he has put his Holy Spirit in you. So you are someone worth talking to. God loves you, right? Um, Another reason people say God doesn't talk is they'll say, well, people who claim to hear from God are dangerous. Somebody actually said this to me a few years ago. Um, They said, you'll get up and say, uh, we believe God's calling the church to do this this year because Nobody can argue against you if you say it's, it's called from God. So it's, you're just manipulating the congregation to do whatever you want. And I, was, and I was actually hurt by that. I'm like, that's not my heart at all. Anytime that I say, I believe God's called our church in this direction, I have first run that through the authority of the elders, the overseers of Lakeview Church, because I believe if God puts something on my heart for our congregation, he will affirm that through the elders of the church. And if he doesn't, then I didn't hear right. And I don't bring it, right? So uh, just because people misuse the God told me so to justify their bad behavior doesn't mean that God no longer speaks. And I think it would be a shame to reject what is genuine simply because counterfeits exist. Most of us would not go home and find all of our $20 bills and flush them down the toilet because there are fake $20 bills out there and I don't want one of my 20s to accidentally be a counterfeit one. We wouldn't even think that way. But sometimes we steer away from this idea that God might speak because some people are counterfeit and they misuse it. Um, Another reason why people say God doesn't speak is they say, well, I've never heard God speak to me. This is probably the most common one that I run into when I talk with people. And it's not a theological issue. It's not like uh, I disagree with, what the, with how, you know, your interpretation of the scripture on this passage or whatever. It's not any kind of issue like that. It's an experiential issue. People say, well, I don't think that I've ever heard God speak to me. Maybe he has, but I don't know. 
And if I'm not hearing God speak to me, maybe God doesn't speak anymore. We're going to address that issue as we work through the message today. But I believe that God does still speak to us today, and here are three reasons why. Number one, we were created for friendship with God. This is the Christian understanding of of human nature. Why do humans exist? To be in a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. That's why he created us, to, to have friendship for now and for all of eternity, to be in a relationship with him. Jesus said in John 15, 15, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. We are created for friendship with God, to have a personal relationship. We use that language all the time. You might have grown up going to church, but do you have a personal relationship with God? We, we, we say that phrase all the time. Or, or how many of you have ever heard somebody say Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, right? Very common things that we say. But how can we have a personal friendship or a personal relationship with a God who never speaks? It doesn't work. I could go to some ancient philosopher or theologian and I could study all of their writings and I could become an expert in uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his theology and all the things that he wrote. But I don't have a personal friendship with Dietrich Bonhoeffer because I don't speak with him. He's dead. He can't talk to me, right? We could go to the Bible and we could become an expert in all the things the Bible says, but we, have a, we were created for a friendship with God and that means God speaks to us through his word. Another consideration, a reason why I think God does speak is that Jesus said we would hear his voice. He actually said, you will. John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, he didn't say my sheep always recognize when I'm speaking to them, but he said they hear me and they follow me and I know them. Right? And so we should expect God to speak, to hear his voice, because Jesus himself said that we would. And that the third reason is really this. The entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, and virtually every chapter of the Bible, almost every chapter, the entire Bible is all about a God who speaks to humans. The whole reason that we even have the Bible is because God spoke to humans, and they wrote it down. And now we have the Bible. So everywhere, all through, from Genesis to Revelation, God speaks, God said, and the Lord God said this, and God did that. Jesus himself is called the Word of God, the the Word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So from the beginning to the very end, the Bible tells the story of a God who speaks to humans. So here's, here's kind of the conclusion that I come to. Given who God is and what is revealed about him in the Bible and in Jesus, we should be surprised if God does not speak to us today. It should not come as a shock if God speaks to us. It should come as a shock if we think God doesn't speak to us today. Because everything that we read in the Bible is about a God who speaks the word who became flesh, who created us for friendship and relationship with him, and who promised that when we belong to him, we will hear his voice. So I think God does speak today. But then that brings up the question, well, why don't I hear from him? If, if it's true that God speaks today, why don't I hear from God? 
And as I was writing things down last night, uh, you know, I wrote down a whole big long list of reasons why I often don't hear from God. And then because I like threes, I try to condense it down into three things. Uh, so I have three, three reasons why uh, sometimes we don't hear from God. The first one is fear. What if God says something that I don't want to hear? Andy, you don't need to buy a new truck. <laughs> I don't want to pray about that because I don't want to hear that, right? What if God says something I don't want to hear? What if God calls me to do something I don't want to do? So we, we, we avoid because we're afraid. What if, what if I think that God has given me an encouraging word to share with somebody and I share it with them and they don't respond well? Then I look like a fool. What if that happens? What if, what if people are going to think that I'm weird? Right? So we, we sometimes don't hear from God because we're afraid. But you know what the most often repeated command in Scripture is? Do not be afraid. That, that command is repeated more than any other command in the entire Bible. Do not be afraid. We cannot build our lives or our theology on fear. We have to build it on Scripture. We have to trust God. And that's really the question. If I'm not hearing from God and maybe there's some fear wrapped up in that, I need to ask myself, do I trust God enough to do what he says? Am I willing to obey no matter what it is that he tells me? Am I, do I trust God enough? Right? So one reason why we don't hear from God is fear. Another reason we don't hear from God is sin. Unconfessed sin forms a barrier. It quenches the Holy Spirit in our lives. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Unconfessed sin will block our relationship with God. That's one reason why it's so important for Christians to have a regular daily habit of confessing their sin. Yes, God, I, I struggled with this today. I thought about this. I said this. It wasn't very good. My attitude was bad here, and I confess all of that to you, and I ask you to take it away from me. And then it clears the air, right, so that we're tuned in to the Holy Spirit speaking. Um, one of the biggest uh, unconfessed sins is the sin of unforgiveness, this can actually block uh, our, our ability to hear God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Right? Before you come uh, into the temple, Jesus is saying, before you come into the temple with your sacrifice, with your offering, if you're in a conflict with somebody, leave it there. Go and seek or extend forgiveness and then come back and give your gift. Then come back and worship me, right? Unforgiveness is a big issue that keeps us from hearing God. So the question that we have uh, really as we're wrestling through this is uh, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to ask forgiveness of? What do I need to confess how do I need to repent? If I'm feeling like uh, I don't hear from God or I'm not sure if I've ever heard from God, I need to first examine my heart and I need to, to, am I in conflict? Do I need to extend forgiveness? Do I need to ask forgiveness? Do I need to confess any sin? Do I need to, to turn away from sin habits that are controlling my life? I need to, to go through that process of self-examination. Uh, another third reason why uh, we often don't hear from God is distraction. Fear, sin, and distraction. I think this is a really common one. We are just too busy. 
So busy. Our kids are in 18 different extracurricular activities. I'm working overtime. I'm headed up to my cabin for the weekend. I've got all this work to do around my house. I, I, you know, I've got all, this, all these things doing. Busy, 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 busy. And at night, I'm throwing Netflix on because my brain's tired and I don't want to think. Right? We're so busy, we don't have time for God. I think these things that we carry around in our pockets, our smartphones, this is the greatest tool in human history to keep us from God. Because every spare second of my day, look at that. That guy posted a really big picture of a fish on, on Facebook. Oh my goodness, that's, that fish is bigger than any fish I've ever caught. Good, good job, buddy. What fly were you using? You know, every spare second of my day. And sometimes when I drive, I put on my earbuds and I'm listening to a sermon. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm hearing a sermon. I'm good. I'm not making time and space in my life for God. I'm just filling it with content, 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 noise, noise, noise. We're so distracted. And here's what I've learned by my own experience in life. God generally does not compete for my attention. He doesn't. He'll wait for me. He'll he'll be right there when I make time for him. But he generally doesn't compete for my affection or my attention. And I think sometimes we don't hear from God because we're too distracted. The question here is, am I willing to quiet myself and make room for God in my life? If I'm not willing to do that, I can't really expect to hear God speak to me. So those are some reasons why we may not hear from God. Fear, sin, and distraction. If God does speak and we can hear him, the next question is, how? How does God speak? When you look in the scriptures, there are many different things that the Bible says, dreams and visions and prophecies and some of these things. Those aren't necessarily the primary ways that God speaks. God speaks in a, in a couple of different ways. He speaks in objective ways and he speaks in subjective ways. So objective ways are external. They're objective. They are true and uh, they are fact. The Bible is an objective source, right? You can't argue with the Bible. We can't say, well, I know what the Bible says about how God created male and female, but you know, we're so much more progressive now. We've moved beyond that. So maybe the Bible's wrong. No, no, no. The Bible is objective truth. It is reality. It is the authority. It is the final word, the Bible, right? So the primary objective way that God speaks to us is through the teaching and preaching of Scripture. That's the primary method. That's the primary objective way. And that's one reason why it's so important for the church to gather together to hear God's word proclaimed, for us to be in gospel communities and Bible studies where we're reading Scripture together and discussing it together because Scripture is the Uh, authoritative, objective, primary objective way that God speaks. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that these first Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers, right? So that's one thing. The, The primary subjective way then is the low whisper and your thoughts. Now, if objective is external, and objectively true, subjective is internal. And here's the risk with subjective. It's open to misinterpretation. And that's a risk that we have to live with. And we'll talk about how do we know and, and what do we do and, and how do we work through that in just a minute. But God does speak through the low whisper, or you might be more familiar with the phrase, the still small voice. Where does that come from? That comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. 
The prophet Elijah is out on a mountain and God tells him, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. In the King James Version, it says, a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the, of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then you can read the rest of the chapter about what God tells Elijah and how that all works. But the point is, God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. God was in the low whisper, the still small voice. Sometimes when we think that God's going to speak, we think it has to come with earth shakes and fire and smoke and all these cool, amazing, uh, charismatic things. And that's not often how it happens. And I'm not saying God can't shake the earth and send smoke and lightning down. He's done that before. But most of the time when he speaks, it's in the still small voice the low whisper of God speaking in your heart, in your thoughts. That's the primary subjective way that God speaks to us. So he speaks primarily and in the objective sense through, through the teaching and preaching of Scripture, and he speaks primarily in a subjective way through the low whisper or the still small voice in our thoughts. And that brings up the question, how do I know if the thoughts that I'm hearing are from God? And that is a valid question. And To be honest, experience is going to be a big factor in that. Practice, experience, growing to recognize his voice over time. It takes time. It's not a microwave dinner. It's a crockpot meal, right? But how do I know if it's God speaking? Here are a few questions you can ask as you're growing in your practice of this. First one is, does it sound like something God would say? I'm in scripture, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, and I I have a thought in my mind, how do I know it's from God? Does it sound like something God would say? Well, how do I know what it sounds like, what God would say? Well, we have over 800,000 words called the Bible that are all the things that God said. So if you want to learn to recognize the kinds of things God would say, read the Bible, study the Bible, fill your life and your heart and your mind with the Bible. And as you read the Bible and as you study the Bible and as you fill your life with Scripture, you will learn to recognize the kinds of things that God says. There's a, a Scripture, um, and I think it's 1 John five fourteen. Is that up there, Cindy? Hmm? Nope. Okay, I must have crossed that one out. Okay, so, I, sorry. Again, I, I just wrote this last night at like 4 a.m. Um, Does it sound like something God would say? I want to share with you a couple of things that God has spoken to me, not because I want you to be like, wow, Andy's such a huge prophet. I'm not. I want you to see the kinds of things that God says to me. I have a daily quiet time. I spend the first hour of my day in scripture and in prayer, and I have a journal, and I write down the things that I'm hearing from the Lord uh, in that journal. And then I go back, and I can pray on them. I can reflect on them. I can test them by scripture later and see on all these things. So uh, here are a a couple of examples. On April 4th, 2022, God spoke this to me in my quiet time. You should not be so in love with Jesus that nothing else matters. 
but you should be so in love with Jesus that everything else matters exactly how much it's supposed to. Right? Uh, it's not like I'm so in love with Jesus that I forget about everything else in the world. No, it's, it's when you focus your eyes on Jesus, everything else falls into its proper place. Everything else matters. But the things that I was thinking were important really weren't as important as I was making them. And some of the things that I thought were insignificant, God said, these things matter more than you think they do, right? So uh, focus your eyes, be so in love with Jesus that everything matters exactly how much it's supposed to matter. And then uh, here's another example. On my sabbatical uh, this summer, I was out praying and the Lord spoke this to me. You don't need a PhD to have opportunities. I am your opportunity, you don't make things happen. I make things happen. See, I've had this dream uh, of, of, of teaching and writing and publishing and maybe someday teaching at a seminary level to train up a new generation of pastors. And I have this like, long-term dream. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. And I think that I need to have a PhD in order to have those opportunities to train up young pastors. And I think God was telling me, look, um, you don't need a PhD because you, you don't open doors. Your degree doesn't open the doors for you. I open the doors for you. I'm the one who makes the way. You don't make it happen. I do. He wasn't saying don't get a degree. He was just saying don't lean on that degree. Now, the question is, does that sound like something God would say? Well, sure it does to me. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Right? When God speaks, it is aligned with what he says in Scripture. So if you say, I don't know if God's speaking to me or not, ask yourself, does this sound like something he would say? And we need to learn to recognize his voice by spending time soaking in Scripture. Uh, second question, how do I know if it's God speaking? Well, you can ask this question. Can I ask a friend to pray with me about it? Do I have a friend in my church family who I am close enough to that I can say, I was reading this in the Bible and I had this thought, what do you think? Can we pray about this? I think God might be calling our family to adopt. Will you pray about that with me? Right? I think God might be calling me to support a missionary. Will you pray about that with me? Because I've got to have a conversation with my husband about that, and that's not going to go over well. Right? Uh, or whatever it might be. Like, let's talk about it. Do you have friends in the church that it's normal for that? See, because, because it should be normal for Christians to be in the kind of friendships where we can just say those things to one another. Hey, I was praying, and, and I had this thought. What do you think about that? If that sounds weird, like, oh, I don't like that, let's just talk about how was the trout stream on Saturday. Well, let's keep it up at the surface level, right? If that's the, the extent of our friendship, then we're missing out. We need to be in community with other disciples so that we can ask them to pray about it. Uh, and that's one reason why we do gospel communities. Now, I'm not going to pretend that gospel communities will make you best friends forever. BFFs, because we're in gospel community together. They only meet once a month. It's two hours a month. We have a meal. We, we pray together. But it's a gathering point. It's a gathering point for you to make acquaintances, to get to know people, so that the rest of the month you can say, do you want to go grab Culver's for lunch after church today? I want to build a, a relationship, a friendship with you so that we can ask one another to pray about what God's doing in our lives. 
That should be a normal conversation for Christians. Um, Number three, how do I know if it's God speaking? Well, number three, which direction does it call me? Which direction does it call me? Because God's words always lead to life in Jesus. Always. God's words never lead us away from Jesus. They never lead us down to death. They always lead us up to life in Christ. Look at Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation is there? Oh, you could talk to me like you talked to the missionary last week. Like, uh, how much condemnation is there? None. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. God does not speak condemning words to his children ever. God never tells you you're not good enough for that. You don't, you, you, God doesn't say your dad was right with all the things that he said about you. That's not from God. God doesn't say, uh, see, you went back to that old sin. That's, that's your trash. God doesn't say things like that. If we have thoughts like that in our head, we need to kick them out because they're not from God. Now, God does convict us of sin. He might say, you went back to that old sin habit, but you know what? You're not that person anymore. You're better than that. That's not who you are. Don't go back into that. You've been washed by the blood of the lamb. You've been cleaned. Don't go rolling in the mud again. That's not who you are anymore. That's the kind of thing that God says. He calls us up. He doesn't put us down, right? Uh, Which direction does it call me? Here's another way to test it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So is, is this what I'm hearing calling me towards the Spirit or calling me towards the flesh? What does that look like? Look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if I am uh, praying and I wonder if, if I have a thought and I'm wondering if that is from God, is that leading me to indulge the works of the flesh or is that leading me towards the fruit of the Spirit? Is it calling me to become more like Jesus or is it luring me away from Christ? It's really not that hard. God always calls us to life in Jesus. And that's how we can know if it's him speaking. Now, I want to close our service with this. And Colton, you can come up. Um, I I want us to practice. Because it's not enough to talk about something. We can talk about hearing from God, but talking about it is not the same thing as doing it. So I want to lead you through uh, a, a prayer exercise that you could, this could be a daily prayer exercise uh, for you. We'll do it as a week, weekly exercise this morning. But I want you to, uh, if you have a journal or a notebook, or you can take notes on your phone if you want, or grab a piece of paper from the notepad in the seat nearby and a pen, um, we're going to pray, we're going to ask God, what is the most important thing you want to say to me right now? And then what is one thing I need to do this week? 
Those two simple questions. Now, it's not going to be enough for me to pray those questions while you quietly listen. I, I need you to actually ask God those questions yourself. So I'll, I'll pray, and then we'll turn it over, and we'll just spend a few minutes. This does not take a lot of time. This could be five minutes at the beginning of your day each day. What's the most important thing you want to say to me right now? And what's one thing I need to do today or this week? Right? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son that we might be saved because none of us, none of us would have access to you if it had not been for Jesus Christ and his blood shed on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. And some people might be here this morning and they might be thinking, I I don't hear from God. And that might be because the thing that they need to do is to give their life to Christ. If someone is here and they they say, I don't feel like God's close to me. I've been around church my whole life, but I've never really felt the presence of God. I've never really felt like God was near. They can experience your intimacy and your love. Maybe what they need to do is choose to surrender their life to you, to stop going their own way and to start following you instead. I don't know. We're here from all kinds of different backgrounds with all different things that we brought in. But Lord, we want to listen for you to speak and those who need to give their life to you, I pray that you would speak that clearly into their hearts. For those of us who need to confess, I pray that you would show us what we need to confess. For those of us who are afraid, I pray that you would highlight our fear. Whatever it might be, whoever we might need to forgive or ask forgiveness of, or whatever else that you want to speak to us, we're going to listen. And, and, and before we do that, I just need to take a moment to confess and, and proclaim publicly that Jesus Christ is the Lord and King over this room and over this body of believers and over this entire universe that he created. Lord Jesus, you are the king and you are the authority here. And we know that there are many competing voices, earthquakes and winds and fires that compete for your voice in us. And so I want to, uh, speaking under the authority of King Jesus, command any other competing voices to be silent. They're not allowed to speak so that your voice, Lord Jesus, rings true in our hearts. Would you speak to us as we ask you, what is the most important thing you want to say to us right now? one thing he wants you to do this week.
you're speaking to our hearts through the Holy Spirit, through your word. Whatever it is that we wrote down that we need to do this week, I ask that you would bring that back to our hearts, to our minds later in the week. Prompt us to do it, to follow through. Whatever it is that you spoke, you want us to know. I pray that they would treasure that in our hearts. We take it back to the scriptures. And then we would find you there. In Jesus' name, amen. If you heard something from the Lord in that exercise, I would love if you would send me an email, andy at lakeviewfree.org. Share with me. If you're comfortable sharing what it is that God spoke to you or put on your heart, I'm not going to share it publicly. A couple of weeks ago, we asked God to uh, give us encouraging words for people, and I asked you to share those with me, and uh, I got over a dozen people that shared things that they encouraged uh, others and how God had used them to do that, and it was cool stories. So I'd love, I love those stories. I'd love to hear more. Um, But let's close our service out uh, singing together in, in response to God's word.